0: Have you turned your key and heard that dreaded tick, 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 tick because of a dead battery? No worries. I've got the NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in your glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that will start a dead battery in your car, boat, truck, or RV. It packs a whopping 12-volt, Works on any 12-volt lead-acid battery. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, your battery care source since 1914. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello automotive enthusiasts. Today I'm really excited to introduce a very special guest, Kevin Davis. Kevin, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride
1: Absolutely. Buckled up and ready to rock.
0: All right. It is absolutely great to have you here. Kevin Davis is a self-described serial entrepreneur living in Montana, where he manages five business ventures from web development to vacation homes. A car guy from an early age, Kevin has always enjoyed meeting other automotive enthusiasts and loves the car hobby. Never one to sit still, he started detailing cars and created his latest product, The Detailer's Helper. It's a lightweight, paint-friendly tool belt designed for professionals and the home enthusiasts who love to take care of their favorite rides. Think of it as a tool belt for the car care crowd. He's with us today just back from the SEMA show in Las Vegas, where he spent some time sharing his new creation with the automotive aftermarket. So Kevin, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you please take some time and share some more about your history, your career, your interests, and of course your passion for automobiles?
1: Yeah, that's great. Thanks for having me. This is uh, it's it's been a, a bit of a crazy couple of weeks here, coming back from the SEMA show and and uh, so you know, like you said, I I run five different businesses, so you know, we might have to do four more shows after this so that we can talk <laughs> about each one of them. But uh, I guess for this week, we'll talk about Detailers Helper and and more of the automotive stuff since that's what your audience wants to hear. Oh, absolutely. Uh, You know, my background is, uh, I grew up in, in Oklahoma and, uh, Texas, which is, uh, has quite a bit more car culture than what I'm enjoying here in Montana, primarily because, uh, as I look out into this mid-fall, uh, weather it was 15 below zero here and 25 below zero wind chill oh my uh, gosh so, as you can imagine we get about 65 days a year of actual car weather what i would call car weather so sure you know so growing up in oklahoma uh, it's one of those things where you go to the local sonic on friday night and every stall is full and and has uh, everybody has their hoods up and and that kind of thing so that's uh, I've sort of learned to adjust to that uh, a little bit being up here sort of make my own car culture in my own uh, in my own shop so sure. from a business standpoint I run uh, a few different businesses my my background is it's, I, it's sort of a sorted Long path to get here, but uh, my degree is in exercise physiology with uh, a double major in business. And uh, started out working and running uh, multi-million dollar health clubs. Uh, ended up working for a company, a software company, on the East Coast that dealt with the fitness industry. So that was an exciting time startup country company um, going through the venture capitalist thing and and going through the early days of the internet and and raising money and and all that so that was that was a very exciting time uh then i decided that doing this corporate thing was uh not necessarily for me I wanted to go out on my own and and ended up in doing web development for the last about 17 or 18 years owning my own firm doing app development, which, you know, is within the last five years, we did custom software dev- design and that kind of thing. So uh, I made the mistake of running my business more than I was growing my business. So as the <laughs> web, uh, as the web environment changed over the last five or six years, I realized that, hey, you know, I've, I've been dealing, the, dealing with these uh, four or five year projects and failed to have new projects lining up. So uh, that tends to make cash flow a little bit challenging, especially when you're used to a certain lifestyle. <laughs>
0: sure, sure. Uh,
1: and so uh, we started looking for other opportunities and, and going back to my car culture, my love of cars. And I've always detailed my own cars and I've always taken care of them at that level, no matter you know what we've driven. I said, hey, maybe this doing some detailing businesses uh, on the side would be a a good fit for me and and Mm -hmm. as it turned out it was i went through and and did some training with some some different professionals and and sort of learn how to do it correctly from a business standpoint i I tend to approach things systematically and and to make sure i'm doing it at the best that i can sure and so we've been running a, a detailing business for the last few years which has been great very successful given our environment which obviously Tends not to be very clean car oriented, you know. When you have nine months of winter, <laughs> yeah, uh, we do a lot of interior work. I do some high end paint correction work on some guys that have some collections up here, but most of it is, you know, mom and pop cars and and uh, minivans, unfortunately, and uh, <laughs> that yeah. kind of thing. But everybody uh, needs a clean car, right? And needs to needs to take care of it. So
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely. In fact, my roots go way back to when I was fourteen. Started a car care business detailing cars and did that all the way through college and then ended up working for 20 years in the car care industry. So I understand car care is, is fun. and It's it's a, a great way to make a living. My son had his own little business going in the summertime between college semesters. So uh, fantastic. Before I get into some of the questions though, this new product you developed, I want you to talk a little bit about that because it's really cool and it's something that I wish I had when I was detailing cars.
1: As I'm doing my detailing, I come a bit more from a, a construction background. I built my own house and generaled it and all that. So I'm used to having all my tools and materials and all that sort of on my hips ready to go. And so as I was detailing, you know, I, I started looking and saying, why am I sort of having to to find places to put all of my materials, all my polishes and pads and towels and, and that sort of thing? And, and so I started looking for uh, a tool belt that I could use. And so... And what I found was that there wasn't anything on the market that did what I wanted to do. There's there's really only one tool belt made for automotive or made for detailing that's out there right now. And when I started looking at it, it's, it's got plastic buckles and, and looks a little bit like a NASCAR. It's got labels all over it. and, mm-hmm. And the biggest thing is it didn't fit the bottles that I use because it only fits a particular company's bottles for their polish. And oh, so I okay. said, well, you know, if there had been a one on the market, I wouldn't even be having this conversation because I would have just ordered it, used it, and and sort of done it for myself. But uh, I'm sort of one of those guys. I'm a, I'm a problem solver by nature. So when I went out and tried to find one and I saw that there wasn't one on, within about, oh, three or four days, I had measured all my bottles and and taken the time to, I got my wife to set up her sewing machine. I sewed the first prototype and sort of the rest is history. I, I uh, The prototype worked exactly the way that I anticipated. I, I, and so now I have this very paint-friendly tool belt that's lightweight that you can put all of your stuff right there next to you and work on your car. And so we use it from anything from just high-end paint correction work, which is mainly, you know, get the buffer out, you have your, your bottles of polish and that kind of thing. Sure. But I also use it for every aspect of detailing and cleaning. So, we'll I'll load and unload with the interior products that I use and for the exterior products I use if I'm doing glass or or coatings or anything. So, even if you're a car enthusiast and just do your own cars, it's a great fit because, you know, anything where you can carry your stuff around and make your life easier, that's that's what it's intended to do.
0: Oh, it's uh, it's an ingenious concept and idea. I love it. And, have, again, having detailed many, many cars, and I still enjoy detailing my own cars, fantastic idea. I love the product, and it's really neat the way you took the bull by the horns and said, you know what? Nothing like this exists that works well. I'm going to create it and sell it and bring it to the market. So
1: fantastic. It's been fun. It's been fun to realize too to talk to the guys. Everyone that has it tells me the same thing. I, I cannot believe I did this job without this, or I did this task. And so that's you know, it's a challenge as well to educate the consumer. But it's it's awesome to hear that you know that light bulb sort of goes on once they start using it.
0: Oh yeah, it's so nothing better than that. And of course, receiving orders for something you created—that's the uh, ultimate prize. Oh, so, that's weird. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> that's a little surreal. Actually,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, I'd love to know a little bit more about Kevin. So as we continue on your journey, I like to start with a success quote. And this is something that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success has some meaning to you. In fact, I do a blog every week here at Cars and I wrote one this morning about a success quote that a a guest shared with me yesterday. So I love success quotes. It's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars So Kevin, take the wheel.
1: Well, I think that, uh, the you know, I'm not sure if this one's been shared before, but it's it's fairly common. The one that I, I use a lot is don't get so busy making a living that you forget to make a life. Um, <laughs> Love and it. Uh, I've used that a lot. And I, I went out and tried to find who said that. And most of them that, that I, I saw said that it was anonymous. Someone said that Dolly Parton said that, but, <laughs> you know, I, I'm not sure she's the originator yeah. uh, or not.
0: How have you incorporated that into your life? Because you've been involved in so many different things. How has that success quote had some meaning to you?
1: Well, back in my corporate days, I, I got to the point where I was traveling five or six days a week. I would leave on, you know, either Sunday night or Monday morning, come back, and, and probably a lot of your listeners have go through this as well. But at one point, my wife says, "Hey, you know, would you like to continue to be married?" And, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and I, I did, and so we sort of uh, at that point sort of. I had a paradigm shift in my thinking about corporate world, success, money, all of that. And so that quote sort of represents what I've tried to do, which is if you're building a life, it's different than just making a living. You know, because you can you can get so caught up in just earning money that you miss everything, whether it's your children's lives or just your time with your spouse or just, you know, enjoying that, you know, that whole stop and smell the roses thing. So it sort of culminated in back in 2008 for us, we we adopted this family mission statement or just uh, something along those lines where we just started sort of saying, no, uh, why not? Uh, we took the kids out of school. We did a 100-day trip around the United States in our travel trailer. Wow. So we did about 12,000 miles, 34 states in those 100 days. And so we, the kids enjoyed it. We loved it. I was working at the same time. And so that sort of represents that philosophy of just really living life because you don't know how long you have.
0: Yeah, fantastic. I love that. That's great. Would you share with me a story that instigated your passion for cars, that pivotal moment in your life when you really knew you were a car guy?
1: It probably goes back to when I was 16 or 17, uh, when I first started my, I, I had a hot rod that it was a 67 Chevelle, cool. and, um, but at the time I was a girl that also had a, a 67 Chevelle. Her best friend drove a 69 Camaro pace car, her dad drove a 427 67 split window Corvette. So as you can imagine, my weekends were spent uh, over there <laughs> at their house a lot. So, yeah. you know, it's from there that I just really realized that, man, this this car thing is awesome. You get to meet cool people. You get to play with cool cars and and see things that you built with your hands sort of, you know, work better. And, and obviously cars break a lot. So that that gives you a chance to sort of practice that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm sitting here smiling because thinking back to high school, I got invited to this girl's house for a party, and we were kind of on the verge of dating, I guess you could say. Kind of liked each other. And I went out to the garage and saw a Porsche speedster sitting out there, and her dad was out there cleaning it. And I started talking to him, and he said, I'm getting ready for a concour event. And I ended up spending the whole party in the garage helping him clean oh, wow. the car. Needless to say, the uh, young woman wasn't very happy with me, so we never <laughs> ended up really dating. But uh, I sure you had just, a fun time.
1: Did you stay friends with this dad? That's more important. Yeah,
0: I, I did. I did actually. Yeah. Yeah, every time I go over and hang out with him, she'd kind of frown at me, but uh you know, we're car guys. I think that would
1: be my approach as well. Yeah,
0: I think so. Kevin, what I'd love to do now is is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and, and really crawl under the hood here and ask you to share a a challenge or a great failure that you faced in your career, but more importantly, share with me how you overcame that situation and what you learned from it.
1: Well I think I alluded this to it a little bit earlier but one of the issues that I've had with being an entrepreneur is making sure you know I'm and I, I don't know if other car guys have this have this same thing but we tend to be doers and problem solvers which you know you have to balance between being a problem solver and an idea guy and sort of keeping all the balls in the air and, and everything but uh, with my web development stuff, I sort of failed in that I I was not growing my business at the same time that I was running my business and so I got to a point where hey there's no new projects coming and and uh you know the mortgage is due and we have uh, all of this to take care of and so that really was sort of the biggest financial failure that I've had uh mm-hmm. and, and just going through all that. So the way I solved it is is sort of the way I solve everything is let's I joke with my wife, you know, when we have financial issues or we're mar- worried about money and or that kind of thing, my joke is, don't worry, I'll make more. Mm. And uh, so the way I do that is I look and see what other opportunities are out there, and that's where the detailing business came in, and then Detailer's Helper, uh, I've got a couple of other things that I'm working on now, including I'm doing, uh, w- one of our ways that we've expanded is to buying and owning vacation rentals and again i did that strategically instead of just saying well i i like this area let's go there i started thinking well what's an area that we can buy in that is not only a good market to buy in but will be relatively recession proof Mm -hmm. so we ended up in orlando we have a house about 12 minutes from disney so that's been very successful we had about 90 percent booked all of last year wow and so that, yeah, that's that's great for us. We take pets. I've got a couple little dogs here. So we figure we take our pets and so we let them let them go with us. But, and then, you know, I've got some different stuff that I'm working on now. I'm developing an e-course to help people learn how to do that along with what I was saying before, which is, you know, not just make money, but to change your life and to build your life around sort of owning and running vacation rentals.
0: Yeah. Well, it sounds like the classic pivot that so many entrepreneurs do when they see that they're digging a hole and maybe that hole is the wrong hole to be digging and they need to crawl out and start digging somewhere else. So I love that. Thanks for sharing that with us. Let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum and I'd love for you to share a story when you had a real aha moment in your business or your career and a time when you realized, you know what, this idea is really cool. It's going to make it and tell us the steps you took to turn that aha moment into your success.
1: The Detailer's Helper is sort of one of my biggest aha moments. Most things have just sort of, you know, culminated and sort of grown over time. But I'm doing a polished job on a 67 GTO. And on a side note there, I would encourage every person that ever uses outside service companies, whether it's a dealership, hot rod shop, transmission shop, whatever, make yourself four signs that says, do not wash this car and, <laughs> and put them in your windows. Yeah, this '69 GTO has had 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 a transmission uh, replaced in it, and it looked like that they had scrapped that they had washed it with a Brillo pad. Yeah, they probably did. <laughs> yeah, and so I was 14 hours or so into uh, res- restoring the paint. and It came out beautifully, but it had really soft paint on it. And so I'm I'm on the got my feet under the side of the door. I'm getting ready to polish this door panel, and I realized that my polish was back back by the back bumper, which is the fender I had just come from, that rear quarter panel, I had just polished that. And I thought, this is just stupid. I've got to do something about that. And so that's sort of when I thought, you know, that's where all those ideas sort of spun around and said, hey, why don't you build this tool belt? What about tool belts? Is there anything out there on the market? That whole thing that I talked about a little bit earlier. Yeah. But from from there, I went in and and sewed the prototype, started looking at costs and, and really... Figuring out, yeah, if this works for me, maybe it'll work for other people, and taking it to the market.
0: Ah, fantastic, I love it.
1: So that's been awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that. How about proudest moments? Is there a, a moment you can think of? You've probably had many, but one in particular that was a real proud moment in your business or your career.
1: I tell you what, this this uh, week last week at SEMA was just uh, very surreal for me. I, I'm not, you know, I'm. I'm I'm sort of an introvert. I sort of spend a lot of time oh, here. Oh, come my on. I don't, here. I don't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm I'm not an extrovert, but I play one on TV. How about that? There you uh, go. Okay. on podcast. But, yeah. Uh, and so I, 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 and we live out in the country. And so I don't, I don't interact with a lot of people, but I do videos for my detailing business, you know, for the detailers helper, I do some, some business related videos. And so people have seen me and seen my face and seen the product and all that. And so. You know, we're at SEMA, my wife was getting something to eat, and I hear my name being screamed across the the way saying, hey, Kevin Davis, detailer's helper, blah, blah, blah. And so they were, a guy had run over and and knew who I was and was excited to see me and and, and was telling me how awesome the product was. And that happened a couple of times at SEMA. And then from there, every time I would introduce myself, people would say, yeah, I know who you are. well, no one knows who I am. I mean, that's in my mind. I'm thinking, well, this is just weird, you yeah, know? And yeah. so, so that was really cool. And then at SEMA, a lot of the detailers that were doing demos in different booths had, had actually asked me to bring some detailers helper for them so they could use them in the booths. Oh, nice. And so, you know, to see people actually using the product and seeing it work for them and, and yeah, uh, you yeah. know, changing their, the way they do things was really awesome.
0: Let's have a little bit of fun here, Kevin. What was your first really special car? And maybe you could share a memory you had with that vehicle.
1: It was the 1967 non-SS Chevelle. Man, that was a that was just an awesome car. I, I've always loved, you know, I like the, the later models of those, you know, the 69, 72 in there. Yeah. But there's something about the 67 and, and its big hips and, you know, it's just longer and wider. And, and uh, I got that when I was probably 17 and it had a 350 in it already. So um, it, it wasn't original. It didn't have the 283 in it. And so I took it apart rebuilt it got it sort of where i wanted to be you know when you're in high school you don't have the kind of money that that you need to do a full restoration on it but yeah uh, we did what we could you know the the cool thing the memory that i have of that car is i needed money to get paint i'm for about to be 42 when i was in late high school early college they would always have these ads for you know come to alaska and do the fishing industry sure and so i thought hey that's a that sounds fun. Well, it really wasn't fun, but
0: (laughs) a lot (laughs) of hard work.
1: (laughs) I I went to Alaska, worked 20 hours a day, came home and spent almost every dime of that money to have the car painted black. And so that's sort of a special memory of that. I've since had another 67 Chevelle. Uh, I've bought and sold both of those. That one is sort of, I'm ready for another one. For some reason, I keep seeing the 66 Chevelles, the SS's now seem to be the the darlings of the hot rod world, at least in the last few months. Right. So I, either that or it's one of those perception psychology things where I just see them everywhere. Sure, uh, sure. So, so I'd love to do another one.
0: Well, 67s have are kind of near and dear to my heart. My first car was a 67 Chevy Nova, and I had that car for about a year, and then I replaced it with a my poor man's Porsche, a 1967 Carmen Ghia. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, 67 had some just neat styling cues. They were they were great, fun cars. I'd. I enjoyed them. So I understand where your heart could be with that SS. How about seller's remorse? Is there a vehicle that you've let go that you really wish you could have back in your garage?
1: You don't have to go very far for that because it's that 66 Is it? Chevelle. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You know, I sold it. Uh, it's a typical thing. Got married and just a little kid and, yep. and all that. And so we sold it and ended up buying some import that had four doors. And and uh, at this point, I think it would probably be a, a 396 SS clone if I still had it. But yeah, yeah I, I definitely wish I still had that thing.
0: Well, your story about children and life changes, my guest yesterday, Patrick Hong, said the same thing. His car of his memories and the car that you had most remorse for was the same kind of thing kids came along and your priorities change and you let that car go and wish you could have it back so the story is pretty common amongst yeah. many of my cars yeah guess here how about current projects is there a project you're working on right now that really has you excited and fired up
1: Oh yeah, it's it's funny too because you say that you know on the one hand we we sell cars because we want to have a family and and all that and now that I have a sixteen year old and fifteen year old my current project only has two seats so I'm not sure what that tells you but I, they they can stay home while the wife and I go uh, <laughs> go play so that's a little bit of a of a different psychology there you can analyze however however you want to or but, they could uh, borrow I- it that well I don't know it's a it's a factory 565 Cobra oh my gosh and, maybe uh, not maybe not yeah, a good so, idea so you know it's one of those things where they both want to drive it at some point um it's currently in bo- I'm doing body work on it right now but uh I bought this car in 2000 or the kit in 2009 and so it's been a five-year project I drove it for a couple of summers in gel what they say in gel coat which is you know just the body before any of the body work and right I'm probably five or six hundred hours into it now and I and figure I have another couple hundred of, of body bodywork and paint to do but my goal is to have it done before spring rolls around in July.
0: <laughs> so Yeah. <laughs> Those know. are really cool cars and um is it uh Dave Smith that yeah. Run, runs Yeah, Dave yeah. Smith
1: started the company with his brother and uh yeah, they 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 have four different models that they make but in my opinion if you're looking for a uh a, a Cobra replica in this price range, this you can't beat them. I mean, they've got big four-inch tubing and sure. and uh, made made as a race car and and so yeah. I took the uh, pulled the old three hundred two out of it and put a three forty seven stroker in it with stacked injection last Ooh, year. So nice. It's you know I've taken it out to, with cold tires and and I'm tech- I'm actually afraid of it. So well uh, yeah you, the thr-
0: <laughs> you know my advice for you with that car is the throttle goes both ways. That's
1: right yeah for sure so, yeah. It's it's got about four hundred and twenty horsepower Ooh, in there. So wow. for a twenty one hundred power car that's uh that's a little bit scary, but their guy's running six hundred plus, so I figure if uh if they can do it then as long as I'm not stupid, I'll be fine.
0: Yep. Yeah, don't be stupid. That's not good. <laughs> not in a car with that kind of power to weight ratio. That's right.
1: Yeah, you gotta respect it for sure.
0: Sure. Well speaking of cars as we always are here on Cars Yeah, here's a funny question for you. If you were a car, what kind of car would Kevin Davis be and why?
1: You know, I, I uh I would probably be something not very sexy whatsoever. I, it's probably an old farm truck. Uh, <laughs> I it like is, that is, is where I come in. I, the reason I say that is because I'm pretty utilitarian, so I'm sort of one of those guys that if you want something done, you, you can get it done. Yeah. At the same time, I'm a little temperamental when it comes to winter time. So, you know, those old farm trucks tend to be hard to start in the winter time. So, sure. you know, that, that's uh, that would probably be me. Definitely be an old farm truck.
0: I like that. Great answer. All right, Kevin, we're up to what I call the last lap, and this is where I fire off a series of questions, and you give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So, are you ready? Sure. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received?
1: Life is too short to drive a minivan.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your success?
1: Yeah, I, I do a lot of scheduling and to-do lists. I have pretty much every moment uh, of my day in 15-minute increments sort of laid out, so that allows me to get a lot of stuff done.
0: Very organized. That's great. How about resources? Is there one that you could share with the Cars Yow listeners that you're really fond of? Maybe it's a website you frequent or a blog you get.
1: I spend a lot of time on Factory 5 Racing and their forums, and Mm -hmm. uh, there's just some really cool – even if you're not building a car, there's a lot of information out there that's really cool. So that's Factory5Racing.com.
0: Awesome. That's cool. And how about books? Is there a book that you've read in the past or maybe one you've read recently that you think that the Cars Yacht listeners should hear about?
1: Yeah, I've probably read this book three or four times. We just took a long trip to Florida and back, and I listened to the audio book. It's The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. Oh, yeah. And, great and book. even if you're not you know, looking to do entrepreneur stuff, or it's just sort of one of those grab life by the horns and, and manage your life better kind of books. Yeah, it's a great book.
0: And how about interesting hobbies outside of your passion for cars?
1: Uh, you know I've just got a couple really. I play guitar. I, I'm on the worship team at my church and so I play guitar and then the big ha- hobby for us is travel. we We love to travel either around the US or or internationally and and uh, man, looking outside, I can't wait to get again get to the Caribbean again
0: <laughs> I'll bet. well, I'll remind our listeners that you can find links to all these great resources that Kevin has shared with us today at slash Kevin Davis. All right, Kevin, we're up to the checkered flag. And this last question can be a real doozy for some people. If you could only have one collector car in your garage, and it's something you can't sell to buy a bunch of other cars with, but money's no object, today I'm going to buy you whatever you'd like, what would that vehicle be and why?
1: I don't think it would be a car that would actually require that much money, at least at first. I think it's the gift that keeps on giving. But Uh it would be... uh, I'm a huge Magnum PI fan, and and my dream car uh, has always been something between an 84 to 85 Ferrari 308 GTS, which... If you look at them from a pure car standpoint, they don't go very fast. You know, they had mission stuff that killed them, and and they're terrible to own because they cost a lot of money. But it's just one of those. I'd just love to have one of those cars. I just think they're they're cool, classic, exotic.
0: Well, since I'm buying, I'm glad you didn't say a GTO. <laughs> I would have <laughs> yeah, broken go. the bank. because – yeah. <laughs> The three hundred eight are a much more affordable car, and uh, yeah, I
1: think you can get them for thirty, thirty-five grand. so yeah. that's not too bad. It's less than a Camry.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, great-looking cars, and sure, certainly iconic, at least accessible. So I appreciate you being a little easy on me today. <laughs> that's great, <laughs> Kevin. You've taken us on a great ride today, and I've really enjoyed sharing some time with you and your stories. And I want to thank you for sharing your journey with Cars Yeah! today. Would you please give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset like Magnum PI in that 308 Ferrari?
1: <laughs> I'll have to grow out my mustache a little bit. Yeah, quickly, I yeah. Think. I'm not, not sure the way for the. You know, the biggest advice that I, you know, if I was talking to my teenager, I would share this same thing. It's live your life and do business uh with the end goal of serving others. Uh, you know, it, yes. it's – uh this has sort of been a, a an, another paradigm shift for me in that if i look at everything that i produce whether it be products or or services or information if i'm doing it with the with the idea that i want to help others do more in their lives mm-hmm. then i think that that comes back around you know that people will pay you for those things because they are genuinely being helped from that. And so that goes back into what I was saying before, you know, make sure you're you're building a life for you, your family and those around you.
0: Oh, great advice. And that's what I'm trying to achieve here at Cars Yeah by talking with inspiring automotive enthusiasts like you is to give back to others and inspire others and hope that they can listen to your stories and go out and do what they really want to do in life and be passionate and give back as well. So that's Absolutely. great great advice. And what's the best way for the Car Show listeners to learn more about what you're doing with your product and how do they
1: find you? You know, you can go if you're interested in the Detailers Helper Tool Belt, it's at yeah. uh, detailershelper.com. You can find us on Facebook uh facebook.com slash detailers helper or you can just use the search box for detailers helper. If you happen to be interested in vacation rentals, you can go to your exceptional life.com. We're doing some cool things over there. So uh yeah definitely a lot of stuff going on here. So reach out to me and I'd be happy to help anybody with anything that they've got going on as well advice and, and that kind of thing.
0: Well fantastic. And you can find links to all these great resources at com slash Kevin Davis. Kevin, thank you for being so generous today with your time and your expertise, your enthusiasm, and sharing your experiences with me and the Cars Yeah listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you so much for joining us
1: on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYow.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up.